0: And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Reaching and Teaching Podcast, presented by CEI. I am your host Robinson. I'm obviously joined by my co host Johnny and Joel. What is up, guys? We just watched the last episode of The Last Dance. What's up? But well, we didn't just watch it. But
1: right now, as this recording, it's been about five days. I don't know. But, you, uh, but again, it's, that's uh, how day it's. It was. I'm I'm crying. Um, <laughs> no, nah, it's uh, it, it's it's it it was a, a good last two episodes, man. Really fun. Just to kind of get that closure. To we're building up to this for network four weeks now, about four weeks, um, and to see it end was hella sad. Just because I knew that, even though yes, ESPN is putting out some docs and stuff here and there over the next couple Sundays, it still won't be the same. Uh, this doc was so, so highly anticipated, and it delivered on every front imaginable. And I'm, I'm, I was very, very pleased about the end of the uh, episodes, man. It was, uh, it was fun.
0: Yeah, it definitely was fun. It's you just wish that there was a tw- it was a twenty part series, not a ten part series,
1: because it was oh, so. Right. It hey,
0: was just hey. it was just so good seeing all of that. Quality. Hey, Jason
1: here, man. If you're listening, bro, yo, tell ESPN to cut you another check, my dude. Put something else out. I know you got more B-roll footage. You got more stuff to do. So let's put something together real quick, bro. Give us another five, you know what I'm saying, parter or something. Let's kind of get through the summer or something like that. And uh, yeah. So
0: ESPN, Holla at him, bro, Holla at him. Yeah, man, he did. He's done some really good documentaries for ESPN. I think he did the the '86 Bears, which was pretty. That was a good doc. Uh, I don't remember mm. what else he's done, but yeah, shout out to Jason here for directing this and ESPN giving him the role. And yeah, just just before we start, just thanks for releasing it early because I remember. John, I remember when we first started, when we first heard about this and it was supposed to come out, I think it was last year. And then you got so upset when you found out they pushed it to June of 2020. You were so upset. I was upset too. And-
1: because they dropped the The first teaser trailer was dropped in 2018 at some point. And it was like coming in 2019, right? The spring of 2019, I, I believe it was. It was like, oh, yeah, it's lit, you know, it's, it's a long ways away, but it's cool. It was during the finals. I think one of the finals games, they have shown this, was like, oh was always as dope, right? It gets around the spring, at least not spring exactly, but maybe the winter, they're like, oh, yeah, Jordan Doc coming summer 2020. Like, what? Like, yo, you know, you asked me to, to, to wait a yeah. whole other year. It was supposed so. to
0: drop during the finals, uh, but uh, because there's no sports going on and we're we got, we're craving for sports, no so basketball, hockey, anything yeah, yeah. like that, Uh, there are other sports, but team sports we don't have that and for them to drop it during these tough times it really it really uh, it was really cool no, it was, it was done. well done they were, they were it was
1: well done it wasn't they didn't play was it, it, it wasn't
0: done yet it like wasn't they, done, they, but they rushed it and it was still really really good at the end yeah. of the day and yeah, it's it was it was really good to watch for these past five weeks. It got us through like it was appointment television every Sunday night at nine to watch the Last Dance documentary and throwback, bro, throwback. And I, I the last time I had to do this was Game of Thrones.
1: But <laughs> you, explain, and a, a side note, because like I feel like this needs to be said, like appointment television is so valuable, bro. Like I, I I think people need to understand that yes, binging is fun to do because we're so impatient. We want to just watch everything at once, and that's cool and all. But if you, as you can clearly tell, when everyone is together watching something at the same time and you're able to interact with people on Twitter now and all the other different platforms that we have, it's so much more fun and enjoyable to really experience something like that all together at the same time instead of having people who watched it three days ago and now spoiling the whole thing for you. Now you can't enjoy it. So I think that we need more important television like like Gamer Thrones. You said, like the, the last chance. Oh my God, what is that? What well, is that? I'm what trying is, to wait because
0: you keep going. You keep making, I'm trying to wait for you to finish because I'm thinking you're about to finish.
1: Yeah, it. bro. You when, wait, I have you. A, <laughs> when I have a pause, I will finish, bro. I didn't even pause yet. All right. So, yeah. So, I think appointment television is very important that through the, obviously, through the through the dock and the other means, it should be uh, more available and more accessible and should be the wave again, bro. You know, like it was 20, 30 years ago.
0: What I was going to say is
1: you ain't lying.
0: Oh, my God. I didn't even think about this. you make a great point here. Uh, again, appointment television is so cool, especially when you watch it and then you just see the reaction on Twitter, Instagram. Yes. twenty twenty. it's so cool. Yeah, you real see, time. It's, you it's see ESPN had a sports center covering that episode right after because it just aired. That's so cool to see. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're just all talking about it. Like, I remember when I went to see Game of Thrones when they did the fight uh, against, um, I'm forgetting the names, it's been so long since. It feels like forever since Game of Thrones. Right? <laughs> I'm like completely forget, but when What's they beat. Here? When, 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 when the, when the war happened in the last season of Game of Thrones, not the, not the, not the second war in, um, in King's Landing, but the one before that, it was so yeah, cool yeah. to see that happening real time and they're reacting to it right now. So yes, we, we went on a tangent here, but yes, it was really cool to see. So Johnny, let's get right into the episode because that's what people are here to watch. I mean, here to listen to, excuse me. Uh, but so Johnny, what was your was biggest saying, takeaway out. of the episode nine and 10 of the last dance?
1: Um, there's a lot of things I'm sure we'll get into, but you know, off rip, of uh, just the story of Steve Kerr was something that I didn't expect. I mean, I, 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 I knew there was some type of a family traumatic event that occurred, but I never really, under, never really went and researched what that exactly was and to actually find out his background and, and, and why he is the way he is in terms of like his stance on political views and that, stuff like that. And how, how him as a person, how he, he comes across. It makes a lot of sense when you when you see the doc and you see his family and and obviously with the with the, the brutal murder of his father, who was actually on, on he, what what was he he was in like a was it a Middle Eastern uh, country? Uh, yeah,
0: I believe I'm I, I'm not sure exactly I, I forgot what it was called exactly.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, so because his father was a professor and so he was in the and he was representing America teaching students at this Middle Eastern country. Uh, there was so many such high tensions at the time politically. And, and, you know, before him, someone had gotten kidnapped. And so he, but he continued on to, to, to continue his, his, his teachings and, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, someone posing a student, uh, ended up uh, murdering him. Uh, and, uh, and it's, it's tough because I think at the time Steve Kerr was at the university of Arizona, he was in college and, uh, yeah, he said at that point, he just kind of devoted everything to basketball and this, that's how he grieved. And, uh, it was, he was able to get him an opportunity to play in the NBA and obviously play with the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan and and so on and so forth. But just hearing that that, that story and how he lost his father and, and how I guess him and Michael can kind of connect on that front. He said they never really openly talked about it, but I guess there's like that level of like understanding that like, yes, like we've been through some hard times, but now we can kind of shift that focus into more positive um, um, events for themselves, and, and they definitely did that. Yeah,
0: it was. Yeah, it's. it's, I I knew about the story. I knew his father was murdered because he was in that type of. Because he was covering. He was in a. I want to. I don't want to like dangerous. He was covering a dangerous aspect of the world, and it's not the safest thing to do. What he was doing, but he was out there. He was out there doing what he felt like was right to do and trying to help others. But it just some people just don't want it the way you uh, don't. Some people share different views and want it a different way, and that's it's really unfortunate to see Kerr. Go through that traumatic experience and his family. And it just, I, yeah, but again, I knew, I knew what happened, but I didn't know how sh- tough it is for just him to crack, to make it to where he was when he made from the spot, from that, from his father's death in 84 to that shot he hit against the Utah jazz in 97. It was just, he, he went through a lot. He, he was barely recruited out of high school. He made it to, he made it to the university of Arizona. Then he wasn't, he was a second round pick by the Cavaliers Barely hung around there, and then he goes to the Bulls. No, no, he, you know, he got he got
1: drafted by the Suns first. Oh, he drafted the Suns first. They then cut out a year. Yeah. Then yeah. he
0: got traded to the Cavaliers. He was on the receiving end of the the shot by Jordan, and then he's he makes the Bulls finally. I could learn something. Boom. Jordan retires, and they're they're trying to they're they're not as good as they once were. But he was able to get, gain the tutelage of John Paxson, who was on the way out, and. But then, when he's when it's time to win, he gets punched by Jordan in the face. Yeah, but, uh, it all came together. And then when he hit that shot at '97, Jordan whispering, he's trying to whisper to him behind the Gatorade cup. And Steve Kerr says, "He's like, he's like, yo, da, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pass you the ball." <laughs> and then he's like, "I'll be open! I'll be open! You can give it to me!" And I found that, that kind of funny. And he hit the shot, so shout out to him. And yeah. he's he's managed to really, it's managed, he's managed to make it really work out for himself. And he's gonna he's gonna end up in the Hall of Fame one day. So. It's oh, cool, it was to see, it was cool to see the underdog story for someone that's uh, a white dude that's unathletic and only can shoot and is like, hey, it hey,
1: hey, people hope, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, yes, times are different. And so the odds of a, of a, of a six, one, six foot point guard who's unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, but in terms of basketball sense, who's white, unathletic, and can shoot is is, is tough odds. But Steve had a different type of wiring. He was a, he was a tough player and he really, uh, Showed his his heart and toughness through through those those Bulls years, and obviously with Michael and the whole, the whole situation with him getting punched in the face, and and, sh- and showing Michael that he can stand for himself means a lot. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that uh, obviously what they showcased in in episode nine really uh, honed in on that. And I mean, he made it work for himself. He won the championship after the Bulls, and, and obviously now he's got, five, he's, got a, he's got
0: five rings as a
1: player, and, he, and then he's got uh, he's got three as a coach, three as a coach. Yeah, so he's had a, a career so far, and. I'm sure, there'll be more success to come, but the shout out to Steve Kerr, man. It was a really, really great story, and, and the way they they, they they put it together was really, really nice. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, another another takeaway I have was just damn Utah, you guys had it rough. Uh, uh yeah, yeah man, Utah had it. This was like this was Jordan just killing the Utah it,
1: it, it, I I think that okay, so look, I think they had it rough but that 98 finals i think gets looked at as like they were getting beat down but the jazz was on that ass you know what i'm saying like they were they, they, were, was, on that, they,
0: they were, were on that ass for both of them because again it took a steve Kerr shot in game 6 to beat them and then it took one of the most iconic shots in sports, one but, of the most iconic think, moments in sports history for them to to not go to Game Seven. So it was just it was it was just it was, just, it was one shot of difference from going to a Game Seven, which no one else was able to do in the finals
1: against. I think ninety eight the Bulls were physically and mentally tired more so than ninety seven. Ninety seven they were still kind of riding high off the, of the seventy two one season. They were kind of in the zone and it was so, still a close series. But the Jazz were, were by and large the better team, and then yay. Ye- um, and, and and I think for 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 them it hurts more in '98 just because they knew that especially in that game six they were leading for a lot in that game six and obviously Scottie has a bad back so he can't go Jordan is exhausted he's 35 36 years old he can't you know he's he's tired and using all his energy Dennis Robin at that time was, was not the Dennis Robin that, that that kind of came into the to the Bulls in '95 '96 so it was just kind of like an older team but the experience that they had kind of building and obviously having Michael Jordan doesn't hurt. But willing them to the to victory was iconic. But I think the Jazz shouldn't hold their head down about the ninety-eight season. 97 one, that's tough. You lose to Steve Kerr, it's like ah, you know, like <laughs> ah, damn, you know, we lost to Steve Kerr, damn it, you know. But uh yeah, it's just back to back, man. That that team was really great. Like Jeff, John Stockton and Carl Malone, any other time frame would have definitely won a championship in the NBA. Um, you know, Jeff won the second as co-stars and and, uh, Jerry Sloan, Robert, who
0: unfortunately passed away today, Shout
1: out to my son, Jerry Sloan, man, real quick. Um, that's crazy. I, I seventy eight. I mean, it's 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 old, but it's not that old, you know. And I, and I think hopefully it wasn't from complications of the of the current virus that we. It was. Uh, it
0: was related to Parkinson's disease and something else.
1: Um, okay. Yes, I I, I did know. Yeah, Parkinson's. Yes. 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 Um. um
0: so yeah, unfortunately, it was it's tough. Um, but uh, one thing I want to point out is the funny one of the funniest parts was when um, they talk about the flu game and when they're asking him out of the <laughs> when they're asking him, and he's, uh, like, yeah, he's yeah. like, "Jordan was sick." <laughs> uh, I guess I'm the one to <laughs> find out. And I don't, know if he was be, I don't know if he was being serious that he did He was being sarcastic. He was being sarcastic. I think he yeah. was being sarcastic because Jordan still dogged and they won the game. But then he also talked about in 98 when they see the when the Jazz score 54 <laughs> points in game three of the finals. 54 that's the lowest amount of points ever scored in a game like the shot clock. Era. I think it was not just a shot clock area, period. 54 points is ridiculous. In a final game. <laughs> and he said, this is the final score? <laughs> this is a box <laughs> score? Uh, so, out yeah, to Jerry Sloan. Uh, rest in peace. But, uh, yeah. yeah uh, 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 but, yeah, back to what you said. If they won, if they won any of those series, they're probably, they probably – John Stockton and Karl Malone would be definitely held in a higher standard than – because John Stockton is all-time assist leader, all-time steals leader, and he played a long time. Karl Malone is the second all-time leading scorer, and he was a – and he has two MVPs to show for it. So, if they won those champions, one one of them, just one of them, they would have definitely been held in a higher standard. One of the best teams, one of the best coaches, and one of the best duels and players ever. So, yeah. That's, and Brian Russell, oof, oof, oof. Uh,
1: um, he. Said, um, that, I don't. I don't get on Byron too much. I think. I think what happens with Byron is that like. I think so. You tell the story. Tell the story first, yeah. So on.
0: and when Jordan was retired, he he just I remember I, I I knew the story because Jordan talked about it in his Hall of Fame speech. He says, "Why are you retired? Why are you quit, man? You know if I you know I could guard you." And then he said, and then he says, and uh, he's and Jordan says it in his Hall of Fame speech, "If I ever seen a pair of shorts, <laughs> and he's just looking at Stockton." <laughs> And Stocky, she's like he. He looked at Stock and was like, "Yo, you remember this?" And Stockton just he's nodded his head like all oh, shook. <laughs> so it was just hilarious. that was like the funniest part of the whole Hall of Fame speech. But Brian Russell had a rough. He he was on the receiving end of that Game One buzzer beater ninety seven in the finals. He was on the receiving end of the flu game, which we'll get into. And he was on the receiving end of the shot in ninety eight to win the series for the Bulls in that six championship. So he had it rough. I was I wondered what happened with him if he was interviewed in this documents he didn't decline it I want to know where he is on this because I haven't I haven't I haven't seen Brian Russell I haven't seen him recently I don't know what he's been up to I don't know I haven't heard him talk about it.
1: There's a reason, bro, because he listen he's living his life, man. Like you can't he's high, he yeah I think he had a solid career for the most part, but I think obviously people only know him by the the those moments with Jordan because those are the most iconic moments of his career. And unfortunately on, on on his end, he was on the he was on the the, the, the lowest end of that. So uh I think that Byron man, listen, cause I think Scott Burrell, I was shocked that Scott Burrell was 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 cool to interview. He was getting dogged, you know, the not dog dog, but he was getting you know stuck to him a couple of times in, in that in that dock, and he was kind enough to to sit down and say, Yeah, like it happened, but he was just there to kind of motivate me. So Byron, I got was like nah i'm good bro because a lot of the jazz players besides john weren't interviewed like you know carl wasn't really interviewed and and yeah but we don't know
0: but the thing is we don't know that uh i was into one of the people that helped put this documentary together we don't know they didn't they wouldn't specify who declined it and who they or they refused to talk to we don't know that because obviously they don't want to like put that out there that hey they declined this thing oh what is that? So we, sure don't really, we, don't don't really, we don't We don't we don't we don't know, but I, I remember I was listening to an interview and one of the guys said when they asked him who do you know who declined this interview, they said they wanted to say engineers out of the respect of other people. So we don't know if we don't know what that sole scenario is. So that's a great spot in terms of that.
1: I think just considering who they interviewed and how they w- were attacking this doc, I think they definitely probably wanted to interview those guys. And I can definitely see them just saying, uh, you know, they even Reggie, Reggie had declined it for months until so they finally kind of got Reggie to, to, to jump on and talk about the 98 um, um, series in the College Finals. And uh, you know, speaking of that, we can kind of jump into that real quickly because I think that was a really, really make-or-break point for the Bulls in that season. Um, I think that the Pacers at that point had the confidence and had the team around them to really, really compete and win that series. I think looking back on it, I didn't I didn't – I didn't really realize it was that close. I, I knew it was a game seven, but you see yeah. that series and you see how like like by inches, bro, like a lot of these things kind of just happened. And uh uh and, and 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 I think a pivotal point I think Reggie was talking about in that in that game seven at least, because obviously throughout the series, um it was like a back and forth, back and forth series, but I think it was a game game four where Reggie hit the hit the shot and he shoved Jordan, he shoved the crap out of Jordan, like that was crazy, bro. Like Yo, what ref? You like the call, it, bro? So he hits the shot. He the shot, and so they're up. are they up by two, one, so like that. Um, and and that kind of visual of Larry Bird just sitting there when the shot goes in—that's hilarious, bro. Like, that's really funny. He, yeah, because he, he because he, he's like,
0: he's always been stone-faced, always.
1: But now, like, bro, and like, bro, as a coach, as a player, when you see someone hit a shot like that, and you're you're at home. You don't show a little bit of emotion.
0: like. This is Larry Bird we're talking about. Larry Bird is the type of guy who won't show emotion until he, until it is absolutely 100% done. He will not show emotion at all. He is stone cold until it says, here you go, you did it. Unless, like, that's the (laughs) only way he'll show the emotion. And, yeah, but, yeah, I, I remember there was an episode of Open Court. You know this show, Johnny. They did it back in 2013. There was an episode when they talked about that series. Reggie Miller and Steve Kerr were in the, that discussion and he remember I said before in a couple episodes back the Knicks gave him the toughest trouble and the most trouble in throughout the whole Jordan era but that was the toughest series the most difficult series of the Jordan era because oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh...
0: the Knicks were there all the time they gave, always gave him a tough series but that Pacers team was the closest team out of every team from when Jordan won his first championship to when he Jordan won his last championship that gave him. That was the closest to defeating him because, there. Steve Kerr said, I think they were down double digits at one point in that game, and then and then. But what's what was really surprising to me is when they did the jump ball, and. Oh, you mentioned that. Yes, yeah. And they when the Bulls won the jump ball and he passed it out to Steve Kerr and they hit the three, and then Reggie Miller said after that they knew he was going to lose. I was like, really?
1: There's still a lot oh, of time yeah. left. Well, I I think because like you know how we play 2K right, and we always about the momentum right. Momentum changes. Things, things things occur, but, like, you know, they go on a little run. I think that's what he was alluding to. Obviously, the game is not won or lost on a jump ball with still three minutes left in the game, you know? And and so yeah. I think that he was alluding to the fact that if they would have won that jump ball and scored, that would have been not the dagger, but pretty much, like, solidified them as, like, we have a comfortable lead, and as long as we stop them and keep keep doing what we're doing and run some clock, we can win this game. And I think when Steve Herring hit that three and he brought them within one or something like that, it was it was all, was all over because
0: it so was it, it, it it's I I just find it surprising because like again yeah I know like breathing room matters and when you try to beat a team like this you need all the breathing room you can and it's very stressful when you go at game seven and you've been going through the trials and tribulations of winning a championship every single year and this is it I understand that but like you made it this far don't get down there but hey I'm not Reggie Biller. I don't know what he's sticking his head at that moment I don't know if he thought that in the moment probably he, probably he might have but I I just I I was just a little bit odd. I always thought a little bit odd. I was like, really? You thought it was with that amount of time and that close of a game? You thought it was over? But yeah, that was interesting. And there's a reason why Reggie Miller called him <laughs> Black Jesus or the Black Cat. Or
1: he called himself Black Jesus. Michael did, and um, he's like, don't he, you ever trash talk to Black Jesus? <laughs> exactly. So he, so it said, he said from that point on that he would never ever call Michael Jordan by his full name. You call him like uh, Jordan, Black Jesus, Black Cat. Some, oh, I think one more. Maybe that might be. I just called them Jordan
0: because it was, it was, it was. was, was it was yeah. there the tension between them. They got into an altercation a couple years back uh reggie miller trashed him, him again, he and then he pushed pushed him again. i remember they scored a buck and then jordan just got in his face looked like he was about to choke him and just like <laughs> him, just put him in the just hit him with the great slam. like i don't know I don't, I, he just there was something there reggie miller you could tell reggie miller wasn't intimidated but he wasn't gonna no, reggie, he knew reggie he, he knew boy, who bro. jordan was but he just wouldn't let himself be intimidated was. if you
1: look at reggie's face bro Be honest he looks annoying he looks like he'll he really will do anything to get you tight and so i think that honestly you really can't blame jordan because i'm sure that reggie was always saying something it was all if he could back it up uh for the most part i think most of his story definitely backed it up but he just looks like the type of guy that'd be like really underneath your skin like oh oh yeah oh yeah uh, yeah, (laughs) uh, great throws oh damn bro ggs and then uh no yeah
0: yeah, but uh, but uh, the cool, well, the funniest part was at the end of the series when Jordan and Bird they met up in the in the back at the end of the
1: series. Oh, and says, Good series,
0: and then Jordan said, "You know, he, he said he said what he said to him." And then, um,
1: but no, he, but my thing is though, people thought that Larry had said it. And so, so paint the picture. I'm not gonna. It's, it was a lot of curse words here, but I'm gonna just say simply say, Jordan and Larry met in the back after the series was won by the by the Bulls, and uh, it was Michael who said. Um and it was a good series, whatever. And then, they, then Michael had said F U U B word, right? But people took to, people on Twitter and something like that, though. Larry I said that to him, and it was like a sign of respect. It's still a sign of respect because I think that Joy was simply saying to, to Larry, like, yo, you, you really pushed us, like you know, you gave us a scare there. So um it's just that funny banter between two goats like that is uh yeah, it's hilarious. He's, like,
0: he's like I'm thirty five I'm like thirty five years old, and you hear me all this word damn it. Yeah, man. right? <laughs> and, and like um, Larry. And you could tell, you could tell how happy he was because remember in the locker room when he went, he went up and dapped every da- single team. and he was so excited. It's like he won the championship. It just felt, it felt <laughs> a little weird. But then again, it goes back to saying that was like the t- that was the toughest series he had to go through throughout that run. So I would, yeah. I would understand why he was so hyper at the moment. But I, everyone, him being the most hyper, no one, else, everyone else was just chilling. That was pretty weird. But uh, Johnny, what's a, what's another take we have from these episodes? Uh, we talked about, we talked about what. Uh, Utah, uh, uh, the Pacer series, Steve Kerr, that was episode nine. But what do you think? What else do you see as we go? We could talk about what we saw because we can go dive into what we saw in episode 10. There was some,
1: there's a lot of comments on to what, what we saw things, in episode yeah. 10. We touched on a lot of things from episode nine and 10, uh, uh periodically. But I think, I think, I think the last takeaways from, from episode 10 that we can kind of you know, leave, uh, end off here is, is, uh, obviously with the, uh, the, the, the. Was it food? Was it uh, the flu game? No, was it Food Poisoning? Right, that's right, that's right. That's right. According, according, school, to, according, to, according to uh Jordan and, and and Tim Grover, his trainer and, and others and Marishad, uh it was the food poisoning game. And uh so the story goes that, you know, which is so weird to me how they they weren't in downtown Salt Lake. They weren't in a hotel in downtown Salt Lake, they were on the outskirts of Salt Lake City, uh in Utah. And so uh the story goes that Jordan was highly upset that they had ordered dinner without him. So now it's 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. He's like, I want some food. So they start. Back in his day, it wasn't no uh, Uber Eats. There wasn't no no type of like stuff like that. So you really had to just call people and be like, yo, you open? Does like, this work? So they finally got pizza joint to, to answer and deliver some food to Michael. And uh, he they uh, apparently five people pull up. To deliver the pizza which yes and initially to me sounded suspect like whoa, whoa whoa why would you accept this pizza from five people but i think it's because like because someone made a great point on the podcast i was listening to they were like it makes sense that five people pulled up to deliver the pizza because i'm sure that in a small town like that if you're on the of salt lake and you're the only pizza place open and they tell you the address and you're down at the lobby the, the guy might be like yo this is where the bowl is staying, right? And so then you're like, oh, boy. So you just probably be like have your friends come out the car and be like, yo, let's go up to the room and deliver the pizza. Trying to, get, trying to get a peek at Jordan. And so that's not really as sus as I thought it was initially. And then, yeah, he eats the whole thing. And a side note, Jason here had mentioned that he has spit on the pizza so no one else could touch it. So that's why no one else got sick and ate the pizza. Because usually, when you have a big pizza in the room full of like three other people, you might want to have a slice or two. Big pizza. Big problem. Yeah, so, for Jordan. Jordan was like, "Nah, you know, he's he being petty like he always is, and that's hilarious." It's Because Speaking
0: they the ate, they ate dinner right before him, and he wasn't a part of. It.
1: Yeah, yeah, I said that. I said, I said they had ate they had eight before him, and yeah. he was upset about that. So he, you know, being this petty self, he decided to make sure that food was not for anybody else but him. And yeah, so he eats the food, and I think maybe three, four hours later, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, he starts hurling. He starts you know throwing up everything inside. He's got the shivers and the shakes and. He's curled up in a ball, and he looks like death. And uh, he looked like he was not going to be able to play at all in that game. It was game uh, five. Five, five, game five, and ninety-seven. So uh, it it uh, look, it looked too good, look,
0: look, look, I I I am gonna disagree with you here, Johnny. I find it hard to believe that the mo- one of the most famous people on the planet Earth that's five deliver five people aren't managed to make it up to his door i find it hard to believe cuz first of all jason harris said he doesn't believe five people are at the door and the guy direct- he directed the freaking move. he directed the freaking dot.
1: he doesn't believe well, that he said five that, but he, said he, he he also believes that that's what tim grover and company believe like they, they, like he's not calling them liars he's calling he's saying like cuz he wasn't there jason harris was not there so you have to rely on some type of like factual account of people who were actually there tim grover amara shah and they all have the same story that like they all believe, like, it was some type of food
0: poisoning that, that occurred there. And I, so, you yeah, go. I, I So, but I don't believe, because first of all, if you're staying at a downtown place, I mean, if you're staying at a hotel, right, and Jordan is there, if you're the hotel, you're going to let the delivery people go up to deliver to Michael Jordan, who does that one to, also, when you're going to deliver to people, I believe they have it, I heard Michael Casey say this, uh, when they deliver it to the Yankees, they have them under different aliases, so you don't know who you're delivering to second of all but third, how do you ma- how do you manage to let all those people This is in? 20 years ago,
1: bro. So it might be still, a little different back still, then. but it's
0: Jordan. You don't let uh, you don't you're not going to let a pizza delivery Go bro, times were different
1: then, bro. They, they still, wasn't so no, uptight no, about no, I'm like starting. Not hearing that. You're not
0: letting someone go up to Michael Jordan's room who is the most famous athlete on the planet Earth. There has no one been this famous since that. There's no way you're letting someone go up to his door and delivering food with five people with them. I'm just not having it. If that and if that's the case, if you let five people from a pizza delivery place go up to Jordan's room and deliver the pizza, that's a bad job out of the hotel because you would get fired for
1: letting someone do that. You are going hard, bro. bro they're just fanboys, bro. Like, if you but think you about it, bro,
0: people do that. How often do you let people get close to Jordan?
1: How? They're not getting close. There was other people in that room, bro. Do you think that Jordan was by himself? That's a different story. There's like four other people in that room. There was nothing that was going to happen door his bro door? tim or amara shot answer was like yo good looks and that's it and they it's were michael, trying to get michael, Jordan.
0: if you see five people hey i'm you see five guys not the restaurant obviously but if you see me you joel our boy elijah and jack all five is here hey we're here to deliver a pizza I, I, are they gonna be like oh yeah sure let's go oh this is michael jordan okay you can go up to this room no they're not gonna let you do that
1: they're not. They're not. Bro, They're it's. So, I'm sorry. I'm, not t- to I'm, that. Bro, I'm telling you, bro. It's 20 years ago. The times were a lot different. They weren't so uptight. It's people, 20
0: years people, ago. People, this isn't the Civil War going
1: on. This isn't exactly. You, know, bro, you have to. Uh, you have to understand, bro. Times have changed so much in the last 15 years, where people and celebrities are so much like, like, keep away. Don't get do too close. And yes, Jordan had that security throughout his this time there, like that they, they talked about in the episodes, um, and 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 obviously when he's walking around amongst crowds of people, yes, it's like, you keep your distance. But if it's just delivery, you know, you're not thinking of the worst case scenario of like, oh, they're gonna freaking kidnap Michael Jordan or like that, like, it's not gonna happen. So you just like, yo, get the pizza, whatever. I just think that it was a really harmless thing. And they, they saw the guys, they probably weren't intimidating. They probably were just like some like five teenager losers. And they were like, all right, go ahead, man, deliver the pizza, whatever. So they weren't threatening. Have if, if you felt like, really, when they, when they came up to the hotel lobby and they were threatening, or did you seem like there was a, there was a chance of danger there? Then maybe yes, you probably put some acrossers in there. But if you look at them and say, "Ah, go up there, man, and, and look, hurry
0: up." It's 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 a very
1: bizarre story. I don't know. I still I don't know
0: what happened. I don't know why. You could be right. Maybe it could be five. Maybe they could let them up there. But I just don't know. I just don't know why a hotel would let five people go up to Jordan's room one.
1: Apparently, so, it's not a good hotel. because it's, it's in the outskirts of Salt Lake. It's not. It's not. That's what I'm yet. saying. Like, I'm- that's what I'm saying. I just I don't understand
0: they, how it goes like, to that. It, I don't understand yeah. if what Tim Grover says is true. I don't see why he would be lying. Well, first of all, but I just don't see why he would, why they would let those people go up there. And again, this is just a little story. It's not that crazy, but it's just so interesting to talk about it and just discuss how did this, how does this happen? How does this happen? Like, he called it the stomach virus game. Boy, Jordan, you got 12s named after full game Jordans. I'm surprised you admit it's the you just called it the stomach virus. Again, I like I, I I'm I'm cool that he's being truthful, but I'm just surprised he would admit it because he has freaking shoes and st- he has the Jordan, the black and red. Uh, twelves or the they're, they're called the flu game twelves. They're <laughs> fire in in way. Yeah, but I'm just surprised you would call them the I surprised you like. no, that's, that's actually not true. Uh, what is he gonna make the stomach virus 12s now? Like what are we doing here?
1: Oh well, I mean like you just you just go I mean it wasn't him to make up made up the story. You just you just kind of go ahead with it. I mean listen it's called the flu game twelve but it's more because I, that was like the the way people you know discussed it through articles and stuff like that. It was just regular 12s, you know different colorway, but they named it the flu game twelve was the people who wore them because like, that's what Jordan wore when he got sick. But be that as it may, I think obviously he was sick. Uh no, I think honestly, if you look at it, an athlete of his caliber and many athletes aren't used to eating a full pie pizza oh. at, at that, late, at that, late, that late at night. And you don't know, maybe like maybe maybe you got pepperoni, right? Pepperoni wasn't, wasn't as good as it uh, could have been. Yeah. In the cases Because that's, that's probably the only store that was open. So when it's the only store that's open. That means that. They were desperate for some business, and so they were like, "Listen, we'll deliver it to anybody." So you know, it's, it could have been a, 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 a moderate of things. But I think what well, it wasn't was like a hangover. Hangovers aren't like you know, you don't, know, you know because he had ibs and he he had things in place before he played the game that could have zapped him out of that. So it wasn't that. It wasn't that he was uh, smoking between cigars. You yeah. know. Because
0: that- if you're on that, if you're if you're hungover or you're off, the, you would be ready by the time game time came. You'd be yeah, like, like
1: his, his, it doesn't. It's got, not. A,
0: it's not a couple day thing. It's a. It's when you wake up for a couple of hours and then boom, you snap out of it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I I think it was general, generally just like he did some food poisoning, and he played great. He played great. Um, not well, not initially, but he finished the game strong, and and he did his thing, and and another great Jordan moment, man. But that was a funny story from from I, I mean, episode episode nine. Episode yes, nine, so. and
0: another funny story is Dennis Rodman in the middle of the '98 finals. Going to WCW Nitro to t- be with the NWO against uh. against DDP. It's the Diamond Diamond's page if you're not sure who he is. Newsflash, me and Johnny big wrestling fan. Yeah, we've talked about it. We've been discussing, we talked about wrestling. We're very passionate about the history of wrestling, by the way. And um, but uh in the past, I've been watching everything wrestling since '84. I'm watching the Monday Night Wars between WCW Nitro and Monday Night Raw. I don't mean to mark out or anything like that. I just went past that period of time where Rodman was on Nitro. They used, they were like Mike Taney was on commentary was saying, "Oh, in the middle of a finals." I was like, "There's no way he's actually like Game Five happened yesterday, and now he's on the Nitro." I, I, I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I get it. I gave it a grain of salt. Like I took it with a grain of salt." But to actually see that he missed practices in mid-finals to go to WCW Nitro, you know, to be Rodman, and he, what he, what he really wanted to say, we can't really say. But he, to be Rodman in that certain situation is just. Really crazy. He took, what was it, 250 grand to go be with Nitro?
1: Yeah, and he got fined like 30,000, something like that. So he that's a good investment on his part. Yeah, he's being a um, businessman. I think I just want to have Joel on it because this is his guy. And so this is kind of hilarious because I just don't understand how someone of of that caliber, even at that time, 20 years ago, is able to to go play a finals game, then the next night take a detour and, 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 and go on. To a a, a a worldwide, nationally televised uh, show in, in WCW, uh Monday Night Nitro. So, Joelle, this let the people know, man. Like, how is this possible? And how is Rodman such a character that he can get away with something like this, bro?
0: Because Rodman's the man. That's the only <laughs> guy I got That's the reason why he can do it. Also, oh.
1: he never missed a step. Uh, it might be game, game Four. four it four four it was. It was.
0: I think it was when in, when they then the games when they were in Chicago, I believe when they were doing the practices, you saw them doing the practice in Chicago when they did the when everyone was when Jordan was calling him Rodzilla. But it's surprising to me, um you could chime you could you guys could chime in here. Um but uh surprising to me that uh they weren't so like oh my god this is so greased they're like hey man Rodman's is being Rodman jack like when the media were asking him Phil Jackson was like, we're not making a big deal about it. You guys are making a big deal about it. And they were okay with it. Jordan's calling him Rod Zillam after they're doing the group huddle. It seems like they were just letting him be him. They were only worried if by game time he wasn't there. No matter, do you guys You guys see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, they, they definitely gave Rahman a lot of uh, leeway. That, funny, in, in previous episodes about how he's been able to just go off and do his thing but come back and always be ready to – putting that work and, and, and get the job done. And uh uh it, it's, it's hilarious because I think during that time when, when he just got back from the Nitro uh stint and uh you know the, the media is wanted to ask him a bunch of these questions and is like nah I'm not talking to nobody and so they, they kind of usher him in through like this back door. But when you go through that door the media is, is waiting in front of the front entrance. So I guess if you just happen to turn your head and see you can clearly see a, a, a six, eight man walking that way and so you're like, oh that's Robin So with, like, they're, they're
0: green trying,
1: hair and stuff. Yeah, so they, they're testing it out. They had, they sent one, it, like, some, like, trainer official to go out there and walk, and so it was fine. So they kind of they kind of tested the waters, and then they finally let, let Roman out. And so I was like, hey, that's Roman. So they he's running. He's sprinting as fast as he can up these stairs, through the doors, and you see media running as hard as they ever run in, like, the, their whole entire lives, bro. Like, they were like track stars with the camera and the, and, and the, and the flashes. They fucking it, bro. And Roman's, like, skipping steps, and then he... Skirts off into this this whip and then dips off and people are coming outside like oh Rodman stays and that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, bro. that it was, was the that
0: was that was so <laughs> fun. I like it just shows you how cool the footage is because there's no way there's no else you get all that there's no other way you get all that type of footage. So it was so cool to see him get out and then all the they're like oh Rodman Rodman and they ran into him like the paparazzi. Mr. Kardashians running walking down uh L.A. like it's crazy to see. It was so yeah. funny to see him. and Then he just dips and then never got able to. Talk to him about it. I don't know if they ever got to talk to him about it around that time, because after the, which we'll get into, I mean, I guess we can get into it right now. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, Johnny, since we're quarantined, there are a lot of adjustments I've made to my life. But one adjustment I made that was a great one was trying out a new refreshing drink called Lemon Perfect.
1: Mmm, Lemon Perfect, you say? Why are they called Lemon Perfect, my
0: brother? Well, hold on. Didn't you hear what I said? It's called Lemon Perfect, the word perfect. Because it is perfect. Made from 100% organic lemons, picked from Southern California. You know where they have Los Angeles and Oakland and all that? Yeah, that place. It's delicious taste, relieves stress, clear skin, faster metabolism, and increased energy. So I going look good for the summer once we get out of this quarantine. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I, I feel you. But what's the ingredients, bro? You can't you can't be slacking. What they got in there, bro? I thought I was done.
0: You must be crazy. Guess what? <laughs> it has vitamin C. Five calories. You said it. Five. Put it, Just open your hand. Five. And zero <laughs> now, close your fist, zero sugar with four different flavors. Lemon, they got it. Blueberry acai, They got it. Dragon fruit mango? Come on. Easy. And peach raspberry, which is my favorite.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. I mean, you rock with that peach raspberry, but I'm a I'm a basic dude, so I like the lemon. But all right, bro. You know what I'm saying? But what can we where can ex- we get this stuff? Where can oh, we get but you got, the lemon perfect, you got- bro?
0: You gotta expand your horizons, but yes. So enjoy the great taste of 11 Perfect right now at Amazon. It is 2020, I am not trying to hear excuses. You have internet, you have a laptop, you have a phone, you're in the crib, go to amazon.com. I know you buy a bunch, I know you people buy a bunch of stuff on that website. So go look up Lemon Perfect and just apply the code 30 Sugar at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, the code is 30 Sugar. The number 30, the word zero, Z-E-R-O-S-U-G-A-R, sugar. For thirty percent off your first purchase. So go now and enjoy the great taste of Lemon Perfect today. Cause it is absolutely tremendous. We could talk about the uh the controversy of obviously the the Bulls win the sixth championship and Jordan, you know, he hits the shot over Brian Russell, by the way. He says he didn't push off. I agree with him because if he pushed them off, he would have been he would have it would have been with way more. No, nah, he's, he's
1: already Fallen. Yeah, he probably would have.
0: He he he, he would have been with way more force. Um, but uh, yeah. and uh, but again, after they went to the sixth championship, and that's it. They uh they broke up, and you hear all all the different accounts. The entire time it was there said, "Oh, it was Jerry Cross's fault. It was Jerry Cross's fault. Phil Jackson's gone. Even if they go eighty two and zero, then." Here, uh, 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 you hear then you hear uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the team, saying, "I didn't have enough. I, I just the, their market value was too high to keep them all on the same team. Yeah, I, I, I offered. I, he's like, yeah. oh. I, I, it was like, because I also think that Reinsdorf got off easy. He is one of the re- main reasons why." This it ended after '98, and then you hear he offered Jordan money to stay. you offered Phil Jackson another year to stay, and Jackson was already out. So that's another reason why it could have happened. But uh, so, who do you give ultimately the reason, Johnny? Now that we watched the ten-part documentary, why it ended after '98?
1: Um, no, I I listen, man. It's, it's not one person's um fault. I just think ultimately what happened was that it was just, it was just time. It was time to to break it up because I think if you look at it this way, right? Jerry Krause is the GM, Ryan Stubb was, was partially the owner at the time. And he, and, and Jerry, before the season I really got got started, that listen, he wanted to break him up. So they played that whole season as if it was the last one. So when you get to the ends, and Phil, and I think Jerry, uh, Ryan Stubb had approached Phil, was like, hey, do you wanna come back? He was like, man, I need to take a break. I think it's, cause, you know, Phil had been under a lot. You know, Jerry was on him and, and, and told him that he was gonna lose his job, and you know, he didn't want him back. and that's stressful bro and so he finally wins the championship so he's like i want to break so he wasn't coming back and so by virtue if phil's not coming back jordan's not coming back and 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 once jordan's not coming back then nothing, that whole team is makes no sense to keep him around and sky was looking for a payday because he hasn't he had not been paid the way he should have been but the steve kerr the Jeb bushler's the loop like all those other guys probably would have signed for less money if it meant that they could you know chase another ring and that's what jordan was alluding to so jordan was like listen i went to another one year deal because he was doing one year deals prior to that anyway. So he would done a one year deal. He probably would have tried to have convinced Scotty to stay stay another year, which he probably could have. Um and 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 I think ultimately if that if, if everything fell into place properly, they probably would have won a seven championship to seeing how the 99 season played out. But I agree. no one really is at fault. I think it was just it was just time and Jerry Krause had laid the seed already early in the season and it just it just it just grew and it stuck. And, and no one wants to be in that environment anymore and
0: I, uh, yeah i I think uh, at the end I think it's 50 Jerry Krause, 50 Jerry Ryan stuff the two Jerry's if you will um but uh, sure. yeah i I think it's both them because first of all Jerry Krause, uh I mean Jerry rise he, he, he kind of essentially kind of cheaped it out he wouldn't he 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 told Pippen, we said they showed this in episode one he w- he doesn't want to open up negotiations with Pippin because he was getting underpaid like crazy he wasn't gonna negotiate with him when he's under contract one. To this, uh, we saw this. He let Horace Grant walk in '93 or '94. I don't remember what year it is. He let Horace Grant walk, and then he wouldn't pay the other guys the money because he said their market value. It just doesn't make sense, which I understand. But if, you, if you're if you're if you if you have a chance to
1: go Bro, to trade, listen, if, yeah, that's a bunch of bull. Because if you just talk to those guys, those guys weren't any high demand like that. Steve Kerr, Judd Bushler. yeah, but sometimes uh, you, know, you gotta
0: secure that bag, baby. When you see, oh my god, no. that guy's on a three peat team, maybe it could bring
1: something you have to leverage. Two things you have to know who you are as a player, and they all understood who they were. They were gold players, right? But also, if there's another opportunity to win a ring, then yeah, you take a little less money because you have another opportunity to win. It's, it's to sometimes listen, getting the money and going to a team that stinks, and you're not. It's not always cracked up to be, bro. Yeah, you got your money, but you're you losing. That's not fun. That's you play the this thing. Those people game. want that. Fight,
0: that's the, that's. The, I do not mean It's a different it. era, Some bro. People.
1: Different era. It's about winning at this it's point. It wasn't not, always it's about. It's
0: not a party. different era. You. It's not, it's not a different era. You just saw. It's it, a mindset, right?
1: bro. The mindset is different nowadays. It's about getting that bag, and that money above anything. Winning above winning at this point, honestly. If you see a lot of guys signing these contracts. It's above winning. It's getting that money first, secure yourself and your family, and that's it. Then, especially for a role player. You want to just win as much as you can because you just want to enjoy that ride because you understand who you are as a player. These are star players. This ain't Scottie Pippen. This ain't Michael. These are just role players that they understand what their roles are to the team and they can repeat again. Hell yeah, they would take you no. Know, their market value was ten million dollars, right? They cut that to B5, they, they'd be five. think like, alright, so what? Like I'm getting another ring potentially. So that's what the mindset is different as compared to t- today as it was then. So I think honestly, they would if they got approached, they would have taken less money. I think honestly. I, I, I,
0: again, I, I, I think that I, I don't know. I don't think they're all staying. Uh, Pippen, I don't think was going to stay because he was, he already had it with everyone in that organization. I think he was gone because he got what 60 million, 60 something million. Oh, uh, guess. I trade. Houston. And, and yeah, yeah, you guys about 60
1: yeah, million. Yeah, and then, yeah.
0: uh, also, but then you go to, you go back to what Jerry Cross said with from the beginning. He said Phil Jackson go 82 and 0 and he's gone. He reiterated that during the all star break. He said it's. It's new coach, we're going to a new direction. We're gonna to go to Tim Floyd. And I agree with you what you said there, Johnny. When when he heard that Phil Jackson said, All right, I gotta think of something to do after the season. And when you go through all the trials and tribulations of that 98 season, he wanted to take a break. He probably was mentally checked out by right? then he's like, All right, I'm gone. I'm done after this. I'm really happy. And then when you say, Oh, we can come back for another year, he's like, I already, I'm already mentally checked out. So I'm not gonna get on Phil Jackson. Um, but then Jerry Crossing, again, he wouldn't he he wouldn't, he he already set the he already laid down the groundwork for a rebuilding team. And once you do that, once you lay down the groundwork for that thing so early, people are already planning ahead and they're moving on mentally from it. And because of that, when the season ended, they couldn't wait to get out of Jerry. They couldn't wait to get out of Jerry Cross's face. They, wanted, they, don't, they don't want to see him anymore. That's what that did. You should have kept that to the vest. You shouldn't have said it publicly. You should have kept it like that. You should have just said, we'll revisit that in the offseason. Simple as that. You don't let that because you already said that's it's unfair to tell you, hey, even if you go eighty-two or zero, no, this is it. No matter what, you're not going to give the team a chance to defend their crown. Well, for fourth, that's just not fair. And I agree with you, Johnny. They would. I think they would have won the championship in ninety-nine. First of all, it was a strike-shortened year. You wouldn't. So the eight. So the playing, like not even sixty. They didn't even play sixty games. It was like fifty-something games. You don't have to deal with the stress of playing eighty-two games because, as you see, it recently in basketball. People don't care about the regular season that much, and when you're going for fourth straight title, you're not caring about the regular season. You're just trying to get to the playoffs. So, and then when you face that Spurs team, not that great. Uh, uh, It was was older David Robinson, it was a really young Tim Duncan, and and you had a bunch, you had a bunch of role players around them. Like you could have beat that Knicks. They were the AC. You could have beat them. Pacers. That's a that's the only that's a different story. We don't know how that would have gone. It took a four point play by Larry Johnson. And other stuff to be <laughs> here. So yeah, yeah. it's I I I think it's fifty percent Kraus and Reinsdorf. I don't think they would be able to get them back because one, they're trying to secure the bag. Eventually, you got to secure the bag. Eventually, people are everyone on that team was at a certain age. No one was really young on that team. You're trying to secure. You're the what I'm saying. One a
1: one year deal. That's all you signed for. Not Oh, you're
0: gonna give John Bush a
1: yeah, ten year yes. deal? Yes, year deal. No, wait, why did you say one <laughs> year, ten years? Oh, relax, bro. Relax,
0: Listen,
1: no one's saying go for eight, nine, ten. You, you have to understand. Yes, Jordan was obviously getting older. A lot of these guys were getting older, so you at least sign for one more year because you know that the team is still good enough to at least get one year in. Now, past that, probably not. If they got eight, nine but that's that's the the mindset of gm listen like you 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 they had at least one year in them left one more year then after the 99 season then that's when you say all right this is this is a new 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 uh millennium it's time to, time to turn turn the tide a little bit here that's it that's all i think that's all it is is that they, but, they, they, they knew they had one, one more year because they wasn't going to be Shaq and kobe in the late but, so this but, is but here's my thing nonsense.
0: you win you win you win this if you win the championship in '99. Are you – maybe, maybe you, you go through the same cycles again. We don't know. No, no, no. And, I said, and also, it's... I think those guys' values were at their highest. Pippen, although he didn't have the greatest finals and didn't have a great game six, he wanted the money. He got the money. I don't know if everyone – I don't know if everyone got the same deal they did if everything goes – because, again, we, we think they win the championship, but we don't 100% know that. We don't know if an injury could have happened. We don't know if this could have happened. That's, that's all other it's things that out of everyone's that's
1: control. The, 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 you're just looking at them as a team and how they 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 were able to, to 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 overcome a lot of adversity that they have been in the previous six championships and you see how the last season it happened and how what played out in that in that season the chances are pretty yes we don't know defensively yes we don't know that at all but the pre- chances of them winning were pretty high at that at point in time but past that clearly they were not beating a Shaq and kobe they weren't they weren't they weren't competing in that level past 99 because at that point, you're talking about a thir- 37-year-old Michael Jordan. You're talking about uh Sky Pippen, who's what what maybe in his mid thirties at that point as well. Uh Steve Kerr, Jeff Butler, uh Luke Longley, all, all these guys, nah, they are at the end of their road. So uh, all I'm saying is we could all agree, anyone who watches basketball, that hey, yes, that team could have went one more year, but past that, then you then it's hard to convince anyone that you Here, here's that actually win.
0: Is uh I'm a a let me think of a random plan on the balls. Is um Tony Kukoc. coach. Is this legacy different if he won that if he won that three P like he actually did, or if he would have won the fourth championship in '99? Is it that much different? There's no difference. It's more of a difference if you get the money. The money, the money and winning? No, what? To what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. What is their legacy for the some uh, for the players for the role players? be different if they won that championship in 99 would it be that different if they stayed yes.
1: on the team? the more the more you win the more your legacy builds bro that's how this works that situation mattered more than going for a fourth
0: p i i think nah. that's, i think the and i'm not going to get on him for that i just i'm not going to get on him for saying uh if, the, if Obviously, if the opportunity is presented, that's your choice. If you want to go for the Championship, if you want to go for the money, okay, that's I, I'm not going to get on But if you go for the money instead of for the four Championship, I'm not going to get on The
1: only person you. who went for the money, bro, was Scotty. That was it. No one else. Bro, I swear to God, if you ask Steve Kerr, you ask all these guys, hey, listen, would you have signed on for at least one year for whatever X amount of money to kind of go after another championship? They would have said yes. The only person that entire doc and our entire team, at least who they interviewed, who wanted money, was Scotty, because he had been grossly underpaid for the last like 10 years. And so he was like, It's my time to shine, which hey, listen, do you, bro? That's why I, that's what Jordan said. It might take some convincing to get Scotty on board, but, but he but Jordan felt at least that he probably could do it. And who knows, maybe he could have, maybe he couldn't. But that was the only guy, bro. So I think you're you're overstating who who was really going after money at that point in time. Steve Kerr was traded. Um, I think Jeff Buster was traded. These guys were traded, they were sign and trade, on' sign a trade with Scotty. Robinson was these, released, Pippen was and traded.
0: Yeah. Jordan retired, Kerr was traded.
1: Yeah, so. I'm
0: just saying, I'm just saying, no, I'm I'm not speaking specifically about anyone. because. And then also, on, another thing, Robin barely played any more games after that. He was essentially done after that. He retired like two years later, but he barely, he played like half the regular season. Then the, the, because
1: the structure was gone. He, Phil was a big part of Robin being able to yeah, kind of focus yeah, 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 and do yeah,
0: yeah. things together. Yeah, I, if, he, if he stayed on the Bulls, I don't think he would. I don't think he'd be playing 50 games in the season, obviously. But I'm just saying, look, I think you're. I think you're getting too specific on this. I just think, if the moment came, right, to say, "Hey, let's go for a night. Let's go for a fourth straight," and you decided to go for the money, I'm not gonna get on you for that. I'm just not. I I, I just can't get on you for saying, you know what? I'm gonna go for the financial stability because sometimes I I if, if, if I know for Jordan, six and seven is a big difference, but for like a role player, going for a three P and win, winning three straight, winning four straight. Or, or getting money, it's not that much of a difference to me. I
1: think difference. I think you have the mentality of like the current day and age of players, and that's why it makes sense. It's like, listen, yeah, if you go for the money, like no one's going to blame you. And I guess, yeah, no one will blame you, but I think at that time, those those players value the ring more so than the money because they felt like once you get the ring, all the other extra stuff will come. Like the, like the, you'll probably find some local endorsement deal for the rest of your life because you won X amount of rings with, with the other team. So I think... In that day and age, that's how the players start, and then today's day and age is how they, you think. Like, listen, I'm going for that money. I'm going for the money first. Forget you talk the, the money. the So that's the right so thing that, to sign. Get the money. It's just a, it's a different era of mentalities where you know winning was was, was king. Now it's more so like winning is still important, but money is more important yeah, because it, 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 it definitely you up more. is
0: more. It definitely is more important today, as you see your your Patriots fan Johnny. We see a Danny Amendola. He left for the money. Uh. Kyle Van Noor, he left for the money, like that. That's we see it with the Patriots all the time. It's like Bill Belichick. He walks up to them. Do you want to stay, try to win the championship, or you want to go get the bag? That's what he usually does. He do, he did that with Jamie Collins. Like it happens all the time with your team. So you definitely would know that in terms of what the Patriots go through. Am I right here when I when I say that?
1: Yeah, it's not just Patriots. It's it's, it's everyone. I think it's just it's just the era of, of player empowerment and, and the fact that players feel like they now have to look out for themselves. Which hey, listen, they definitely do. It, it comes at a cost sometimes of winning, and I think if you, as a player, you need to make a decision about what you want more out of life. And if money is is, is important to you, then do that. But if winning is, is 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 important to you, and winning at all costs is something that you, well, Jordan has screamed religiously the entire documentary, you're winning at all costs. Then you gotta win at all costs, and sometimes that means sacrificing some of the money that you that you might make elsewhere to win. And um, I think that, that that's a great sacrifice that the, uh, they, you know, a lot of those guys made. not Jordan in particular. I mean, Jordan was signing one year, 30 plus million dollar deals, but I think for those other guys, I think they would make that sacrifice how, how important winning was, but overall, man, I think it was, it was, it was, it was great, man. Either way, it's great to speculate and great to kind of think about what could have been, but ultimately, you know, things play out the way they did. And, and, uh, it, it all worked out for everybody, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Honest. It
0: worked well. We will. We can get into that right now. It was, it, yeah. It worked out. Everyone won the championship. But in the aftermath of the last dance, there has been some skeptic skeptics when it comes to the how how biased or unbiased you could see or the the perspective that the documentary portrays. Like Craig Craig Hodges, he was upset with Jordan because he essentially brought up the story of when he went into the room and he saw he saw the entire Bulls team in a room with women and cocaine and. Craig Hodges was upset because he's like, I, I got now I got to explain this to my kid. Um, But and then you see oh Horace Grant God. calling uh Jordan a snitch because of the he's he Jordan just said pointed the finger at Horace Grant for the uh, for the Jordan Rules book yeah, yeah, relationship yeah, with yeah, the yeah. author. And yeah, then yeah. you see Pippin hasn't spoken public. What what's pretty surprising to me? Pippin has not spoken at all since this yeah, documentary yeah. started. And this guy's a part of ESPN. He's on the he's on the jump most of the time. He hasn't it's, spoken uh... at all. And apparently he's furious at Jordan. So Johnny. What is your yeah. what is your perspective of people that know Jordan that play with Jordan that are upset with him yeah. because of uh, what how this documentary was made? I'm
1: not gonna spend I'm gonna spend too much time on it, bro. Because it, it doesn't it's not worth talking about really. Because look, so everyone's not gonna be happy. Everyone's gonna have a gripe. And when when a, a documentary is this big and this huge, everyone's talking about it and and you're dissecting it because we don't have anything else to dissect you you want to make comments because you feel a little slighted you know crack I just bro get over it this was 30 years ago bro he's telling about a story of 30 40 years ago about uh an era in basketball where yeah there was women there was cocaine around there was a lot of things like that going around he didn't he didn't say any names so if, if the shoe fits it, i guess but go ahead uh you know horace grant bro right, what what do you want like you know they gave you a credit they said you were a valuable pieces that, to that. was early teams um Clearly, by all indications, everyone seems to think that you were the snitch. It doesn't—it doesn't seem that it was just Jordan on that front. So, just take it, take the L, bro. Whatever, um, Scotty. Listen, Scotty was praised, bro, for a, a lot of that doc. Yeah, he some moments, but that's just history, bro. Like, yeah, you—you you sat out and it, with, in, in the game in '94, bro. You 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 had a you know a, a migraine in Game Seven that's the Pistons. You had a bad back in Game Six of the finals in '98, like. These things happen, bro. You held out for more money. Like these things, these things are factuals. So, like I don't understand. what you want to sugarcoat it? Because if they sugarcoat it, then it's like, oh, they, they're protecting Scotty. Like so, it's uh, everyone had some bad moments. Jordan looked bad when he was calling Scott Burrell a hoe. Um, you know, he punched in the current face. Jordan wasn't like this, 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 this almighty being. I mean, yeah, because he was still the GOAT. He was still great. It's still, it's still greatness being shown. But he didn't have his good moments either. Scotty didn't have any good moments. Horace didn't have all the good moments. Like, so no one came away from this, like, super clean. Somebody steep person like that, you know? Like, like I, I just don't understand what all that fuss is about. You need to shut up and just enjoy the doc, man. Like, I don't know why you want to just talk.
0: Johnny, I am 100% with you. First of all, Craig Hodges, he didn't say any name. Exa- you, you're 100% right. If the shoe fits, it. He didn't say the entire Bulls roster from what, from two, from everyone below me to the to the last guy on the bench was in the room. He did not say that. So you're you just... You just took the accusation on the chin. You just basically admitted you did cocaine. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> Second, Horace Graham. When again, I understand you're upset with uh him calling you, uh, calling you pointing the finger at you for the thing. That's fine. Like, you have you have every ref to be upset. But when you're calling him a snitch, what is that? T- what is Johnny, like, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're calling him a snitch, is because he told on you for being. You're actually telling the world about something. That, you just, you just gave it away. Is that, am I wrong or did he just give it away? That, okay, it was me because you snitched on me. Am I, like, is that is that not true? You, yeah, again, wow. like Craig Hodges, you just played yourself. You just, call, you're calling him a snitch. If it's, if you're not going to call someone a snitch if he's lying, you just, you're contradicting yourself. He said, lie, lie, lie. You're a snitch. It's either one, he's lying, or two, he, you shouldn't be saying something about me like that. So, first of all, it's one or the other. And then yeah. Pippin, I don't Pippin, I understand you're upset. You said this. They have you on air saying, I don't want to mess my summer up, so I'm going to hold out. I wouldn't change myself sitting on the bench with the second left in game three of a playoff series. What do you want them to do? Saying, you know what? This kind of listen, he makes Lee looks bad. Let's let's take this out. No, what the hell is this? I'm he says that. That was a big piece of stuff that we were talking about after he said that the, d- the days after. You want us to just say, nah, man, let's let's move on." No. You said it yourself. You look, I'm a, I hate Craig Hodges great three-point shooter. One of the great uh, I'm going to sorry, one of the greatest uh, If you ever want to see a great shooting performance at the three-point contest, look at him. It was tremendous. Horace Grant, vital piece to the Bulls first repeat. Pretty good for that Magic run in 95. Great. Pippin. One of the greatest defenders ever. One of the greatest Robins ever. Great. But you guys all played yourself. You are, you basically admitted to what you guys, uh, first of all, Grant and Hodges, you guys admitted to do it. I don't I don't know what you want me to tell you. And then Pippen, you said it yourself. I don't know why you're upset. Like, I don't, again, I just don't want to understand what, I don't understand what you want me to tell you. So, again, and also, again, if you want to get mad at Jordan, look. I'm going to tell you, Johnny, you can't agree with me here. You can tell me if if I'm... If this is what it takes for Jordan to go on camera and tell his side of the story, I'm going to take it. This guy does not talk publicly, period, at all. He is a very private person. He has his own things to worry about. The Jordan brand, the Charlotte Hornets, all that. He has a lot of stuff to worry about. And if this is what it takes... For him to come out on camera and give a 10-part docu-series about this, if you don't want to call it documentary, fine. If you want to tell it, just call it the Michael Jordan documentary, fine. But if, if this is what it took for me to get this type of content, I'm going to take it every time. Sorry! I'm sorry. Jordan's the greatest of a player of all time, if not one of the greatest. But if the, I, I, I want to see this content. I have no freaking sports going on. I want to see this content. So i want to be entertained and if they want to get this type of entertainment to people i'm sorry i wasn't alive during the time if this is what it takes i'm going to take it sorry john am i wrong
1: here no uh i think you said everything needs to be said bro and uh yeah man it's just you know no one's ever gonna be happy but you know it it is what it is and it was still a great doc regardless and so um you know they'll have their opinions but at the end of the day it's 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 not that serious yeah it's it's, uh
0: it's again it's it's as just I'm sorry, I went on a bit of a rant. I'd expect myself to go on a rant there, but uh, yeah, it's just, hey man, it's just, it is what it is. You have your side of the story. We're not calling you, we're not, we, me, like me and John, we're not calling you lies or anything like that. It's just like, it is, it's essentially, it is what it is. You have your side of the story, and we're not going to get on you about it, but you just, uh, apparently, it looks like you guys got something to talk about with Michael Jordan if you guys could reach out to him. So, that's our take on that and that's our take on the entire last dance documentary uh we again we're really we're really happy that we were able to talk about this on a podcast and enjoyed such riveting content for for five weeks it was really cool to see uh some, one of the great teams and seeing the footage and all that so again uh great stuff uh johnny do you have any final words about the last dance
1: no, man, it, it again, it was, it was amazing. I, I'm, I'm really happy and glad that, that they were able to pull this off and, and give us some content to talk, to, to discuss on our show, but also just enjoy and consume during these difficult times. Um, you know, I, I, it, it was a great ride while it lasted, and, and I'm glad to be a part of something like this because I'm sure many years down the road we will always reflect back on this time and think about how the Jordan Dock kind of really helped us all just kind of come together a little bit during a, a really weird, confusing time. And, uh, yeah, for all the people who hate on the doc, um, go ahead and listen to some Kenny Latimore and, uh, just <laughs> chill out, bro, you know, and, 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 take it easy, man, you know, just, just relax and <laughs> just, just, uh, enjoy life, bro. Cause, uh, it's not that serious, but yeah, man, great doc, great times. And, uh, now it's back to uh, us talking about other stuff now, but yeah, it's, it's fun ride though.
0: Yeah. John. Yeah. He's completely right. It's not that it's not that serious. It's just fun, reverting content through these confusing times with no, no sports, uh, yeah, consider yourself put on to Kenny Latimer, I certainly was, but that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to it, but maybe one day. Uh, so, again, thanks, guys, for listening to this edition of the Reaching and Teaching podcast. Uh, if you haven't uh, followed us, follow us on The CEI on social media. That's The CEI. And uh, thanks again for listening, guys, and take care. All right,
1: guys. See ya.